fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> I guess this is the Wayne's world of monster movies of children's monster movies. I don't know. I should leave that in. That's kind of funny. Just like out of context. I guess this is the Wayne's world of monster movies. This is Sharks Across Hollywood and it's week two of Halloween and you, you heard, you heard what he said. So we're just, we're just going to, we're just going to leave it at that. We're going to talk about Monster Squad this week and I don't know why the fuck we haven't done this and this is our fourth Halloween and I don't know why, how have we not done this yet? I don't know, but I think the important thing is that we got around to it. So, you know, there's a lot of great Halloween movies that we keep missing. And, and missing but you know like we only have four we can only do four movies a year so it's going to take a while to get around to them it's very arbitrary that we do this shit on halloween like on on in october because like we're gonna cover some horror movies all throughout <laughs> <Yeah>. the year <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen whether we like that's it or true not. that's very true so that that's okay but yeah here we are this is gonna be great and yeah we're gonna cut the bullshit and we're gonna get right into it as <laughs> if as, we cut the know. bullshit the show's over now all right so like, let's gonna, be honest we're gonna cut like half of the bullshit that's more reasonable then, yeah and we're, we're gonna we're gonna have some fun and talk about this fucking classic i should probably open up imdb because there's some stuff i'm gonna end up wanting to talk about i already got mine open i knew we were gonna have to get into the imdb of this there's no question in my mind well it was only directed by fred decker who wrote the predator the 2018 predator okay sure fred decker co-wrote the predator uh are you sure yep i I just clicked on it he's one of the writers i don't know if that means yeah it does say written by it doesn't say like characters by oh him and shane black both came back to what the fuck i know shane black was involved he wrote the original one yeah and him and him and shane black co-wrote this so okay this guy's writing credits fred decker's writing credits are super weird he's uncredited as the as one of the writers of the return of godzilla which was probably the (laughs) english dub version of that godzilla movie godzilla 1985 he was the story writer the story guy he has a story by credit on house and he wrote night of the creeps house is a great one have you seen house not the not the one we're still waiting on me to finish after two years But no, no, I have not seen it. I do want to though. It's it's really good, and uh, yeah, that's a that's a Sean S. Cunningham special. Oh, did he did he direct that one? I don't know if he directed it or if he just produced the entire franchise. He might have directed that first one. Yeah. Oh yeah, so Fred Decker actually did. He directed Night of the Creeps, and he directed RoboCop three as well as yeah, steep drop off in quality between those. Oh. <laughs> he, he he went from this. I I think he went from this. So he did something called Blind Run. Then he did Night of the Creeps, which is one of my favorite horror movies. Then he did The Monster Squad, which is probably my favorite children's horror movie. Then he did an episode of Tales from the Crypt. I love Tales from the Crypt, and then RoboCop three. It's like, oh, you lost me there, Fred. Um, yeah, I, when I did my Robo. Cop rewatch I watched the first two and then I stopped yeah that's probably not a bad idea I don't think the 2014 movie is actually that bad it's just not it's, it's a fun action movie with some decent actors in it and some fun action but it's not a really it's not really a RoboCop movie see I was guessing that it was probably something along the lines of the the Total Recall remake which is a perfectly good enough movie but that's pretty much it you know like it's it's good it's three out of five Total Recall had Colin Farrell uh the RoboCop remake had Michael Keaton and uh Gary Oldman and oh, Samuel really? and Samuel Jackson so it's just oh 
Well, that's a much stronger cast. (laughs) I was going to say it's infinitely better. They actually cared. They just they made a lot of weird choices. Well, the the Total Recall remake also had Brian Cranston in it. Oh, yeah. And it had the three boobed alien. I know that much. Yeah, except it was (laughs) like I don't think she actually showed him. I think it was just she had three boobs. Well, that's dumb. It was, you know, it was was rated PG-13. Oh, shit. That's true. You can can you have brief nudity in a PG-13 movie anymore? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe she did. Maybe we did get like a blink and you miss it shot of him i i don't remember because pg-13 is the new pg really yeah basically how about shane black real quick because he's a this 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 dude's got a small directing pool but he's it's all pretty good kiss kiss bang bang iron man 3 yeah shane black's pretty much rock solid i mean he my inclination as i'm watching this movie is every time there's a great line of dialogue i'm like that's probably a shane black line right there (laughs) there are a few which we will talk about because this movie's this movie's good i like it he did something called edge and then he directed the the nice guys with uh, ryan gosling and russell crowe which is seriously one of my favorite movies i can watch that anytime that might be my favorite ryan gosling movie and as i've said many many times before ryan gosling is both my favorite actor and my same-sex celebrity crush yeah i'd, I'd, I'd go in for him at least at least once I'd, I'd let him lick my butthole if nothing else i'd gladly lick his that's for sure and then he then shane black also directed the predator he's gonna do the he's get, apparently ready to direct the doc savage movie all right i don't know who doc savage is he's up should i pulp era comic book character okay and screenplays this dude fucking he wrote lethal weapon lethal weapon the last boy scout last action hero the long kiss goodnight of course he did kiss kiss bang bang duh he wrote the script for iron man 3 and he wrote the nice guys and he wrote oh the lethal weapon the tv show two episodes are based on the screenplay written by him so i I imagine the first two up yep the first episode based on the screenplay that fucking makes sense yeah he's uh he's a pretty solid writer i gotta give it to him yeah, I, I really, it. I really like the Long Kiss Goodnight. I think that is a criminally underrated action movie. I still, I've never seen it. I saw it when it first hit video back in uh, the late '90s, and yeah, I just fucking loved it. Like, I bought it. I loved it so much. I had it. That was one of my first VHS purchases. Let's break into the actual movie now. It starts out because it was the '80s, and Fred Decker. Oh, by the way, Fred Decker swears to God, or Saint, both of them, they swear to God that they were not in any way trying to emulate the Goonies. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Just fuck them. Come on. How stupid do you think we are? Um, But then I heard him. I heard somebody say something that he suggested that he wanted to do little rascals, but with universal monsters. Okay. I'm sure he may have phrased it that way, but come on. Yeah. This is, this is shameless. He's full of shit. I know. (laughs) I love you. I love you movies, Fred Decker, but fuck like you, you got to cut the bullshit. So it does start with an opening crawl because every fucking movie in the eighties started with an opening crawl. Thank you. Star Wars. Uh, And it just basically breaks down what you're going to see in like two seconds about how van helsing and his crew were trying to destroy the evil and defeat dracula and the last words in the crawler they blew it which is a very tone setting thing for the 80s like like they clearly wanted you to know okay this is gonna there's gonna be some genuine gothic horror but there's also gonna be a little comedy the extreme 90s hadn't quite come yet but this is a good precursor to that kind of shit (laughs) a little not quite but it's like you can see where it's kind of headed 
this was definitely my first horror movie um i saw this not too long before i saw the lost boys but before i saw the lost boys because they both came out the same year but my mom rented this for me and there's no way in hell she would have ever rented the lost boys for me even though they're so both I, pg-13 yep even no uh lost boys is r oh is it r yeah oh. yeah because it's because it's got that that bonfire scene is is like way too bloody for pg-13 yeah it is r okay yeah no that that no, movie yeah, that, that movie the screams pg-13 to me but then i guess yeah there's a lot of blood and stuff yeah if it were made today it absolutely would be pg-13 but no for, for 1987 that was rated r but yeah no my mom rented this for me the week it came out because i was like everybody was crazy I, I had been a ghostbusters kid you know and then the monster squad came out and it's like all the ghostbusters kids wanted to see the monster squad yeah um do you, do you know about the documentary uh wolfman's got nards yes Yes, I, I I I owned it on Blu-ray. Oh, although have I haven't watched it. Okay, yet. I was gonna say I I don't have it. I need to get it. But I watched the trailer and like in the trailer they were talking like, oh, this movie was supposed to be like this hit. It was supposed to be huge, and then fucking Lost Boys comes out and they're <laughs> fucked. Like this movie had zero chance against the Lost Boys. <laughs> Did it open against the Lost Boys? I think it was in the theaters for like a while or something. Some For some reason, the Lost Boys completely tanked their whole theatrical run. Ouch. I don't know if it came out like right before and kind of fucked it up or right after and ruined it. I really need to watch the documentary. I really want to know. See, the Lost Boys had an amazing marketing campaign as i remember I, I recall the commercials on tv and the effect that it had on me like i wanted to see this movie even though i had never watched a horror movie before in my life but i also wanted to see the monster squad and i could get away with seeing the monster squad my mom would let me see the monster squad my mom would not let me see the lost boys i wouldn't have even asked because the lost boys <laughs> was a horror movie it was in the horror section of the video store i would not have even asked i would have been afraid for getting of getting in trouble just for asking <laughs> and the lost boys had an actual goonie in it while uh <laughs> while the monster squad has a character has a an actress from the goonies in it oh yeah that's right yeah that's just kind of her role she's way more serious <laughs> she's way more serious in this movie yeah she is and uh she's clearly having more fun in the goonies oh yeah this movie gets pretty dark for a kid movie also yeah very no that opening sequence scared the shit out of me when i was a kid i was like this is fucked up. This is a horror movie. This isn't a comedy. And you actually watched this when you were a kid. I did not. I didn't know about this movie until, I don't know, I was. I must have been in my 20s. Yeah, I would have been eight or nine years old when I saw this, depending on how soon it hit VHS after its release. I'm not sure. It might have gone faster to VHS because of the tanking at the box office. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah, so I would have been eight or nine years old and... <laughs> What really fucked with me was in that opening sequence when they opened the void to limbo, the virgin girl that they had reading the spell thing, she got sucked into it. And I was like, that's not supposed to happen. She was innocent. Well, yeah, she wasn't a monster. They blew it. But I'm like, wait, what happened? Like the, the portal got opened, right? Where's fucking Dracula? I just I did just realize I'm like, Dracula's not even there right now. What the fuck? Where'd he go? Maybe the idea is they opened it too soon and Dracula ditched out. I don't. Yeah, it's not really explained why they failed 
fail. They just happen to fail. I will say their target audience wasn't asking these questions. No. But I do have to say the set design on that castle, that house is really cool. Oh, yeah. It looks great. Except, except I made, okay, I made a little notes about this. It's a bat, but it's totally Dracula. Ha ha. There's this part where it, the camera's panning around and we get to see what the scene looks like and shit. And then there's these bats like flapping around and they are on strings. You can t- tell that they're just like being j- jolted up and down on a string and they're just <laughs> flopping around i must have missed that i don't know how it must have been like just for a moment i glanced away <laughs> yeah, yeah that's funny that's one thing i've always noticed and i'm like that <laughs> that just makes me love it more i love that kind of dumb shit but yeah no i was in my 20s when i first saw this fucking movie i remember this guy named i think it was anthony when i was working at hastings i'm like i'm just gonna get a bunch of movies and go home and watch them and he's like well take this movie and this movie hit do you like the goonies i'm like yeah he's like here's monster squad it's like the goonies but with monsters instead of pirates and shit <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, pretty cool. much. And this movie's way shorter than the Goonies too. So yeah, it, it is pretty short, isn't it? Like yeah, this movie. If if you like a if you like a movie where shit doesn't stop once it gets going, here you go. It's only an hour and twenty minutes long. So it honestly feels like about ten minutes got cut out of this movie. Like, oh yeah, it's just it's just so damn fast. It seems like it. There had to have been more to it, right? Like although I will say, it doesn't feel like it's missing that time. It just seems like it goes way too fast. No, they use, they use the time pretty well. It, you know, it, there's not a lot of character development. There's a little, but you don't need it. They're kids, and they're they're like, we're going to do this thing, and they do the thing, and then it's over, and everybody's cool, except everybody's not cool, and we'll get to that, and it kind of weirds me out a little bit, because they do this in the movies. After Van Helsing and his crew fail, get and they all get sucked into limbo, we cut to present day, and we meet Sean, and I wrote down his generic friend, because I couldn't remember his name, but his name is Patrick. Patrick doesn't really get a personality. He just kind of, he gets to throw out a couple of quips and that's about it he's i think they were maybe trying to make him the mouth of the movie but i don't know he got underwritten for some reason which kind of blows my mind because if there's one thing i would have expected them to do well it's dialogue characterization well because we get that but it's with like a five-year-old girl oh yeah no she's got a great (laughs) character uh and i feel like i like rudy what what's what's the main what's the main kid's name Sean. sean i feel sean's pretty well characterized rudy's very well characterized and the little girl is extremely well characterized and then those two other kids um (laughs) fat kid horace and patrick fat kid he literally is i mean that's why he's he's perfectly named they like, needed that's chunk. literally all he is yeah, they needed a chunk you had to have yeah one. yeah every 80s movie with kids had to have a fat kid uh yeah and especially after the goonies fuck it after the goonies <laughs> it was signed in blood you had to have a fat kid yeah why not? um what what was the little kid's name his name oh, was eugene um, eugene that's right eugene literally has no character no he, he he's like he's got the dog and he has a couple lines that make me laugh yeah mummy came in my closet well did you wipe it up that's one of the best jokes in the movie honestly like as far <laughs> the as like a, yeah the visual gag um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll we'll get to all that because there's a lot of, there's a lot of weird shit in this movie that kind of bugs me but it's it's it doesn't need to bug me but since we're here talking about it i'm gonna tell you why it bugs me so sean and patrick are in the principal's office they're in trouble for drawing monster pictures in their science class i guess the principal shows the picture and it's this weird it looks like one of the that beetle guy that really flat guy from beetle juice kind of yeah a little bit he's like what is this and they're like spider with a human 
head, like spider with human head. Also, Sean is wearing a shirt that says Stephen King rules on it. Probably the most iconic thing out of this entire movie is that shirt. That and the Wolfman's got nards. You can't. Can, well, no, I, I'm, I meant objects specifically. Okay, yeah. No, Wolfman's got nards is definitely the most iconic line out of the movie. But yeah, the Stephen King rules shirt. That's your Monster Squad merchandising right there. Oh, yeah. They definitely have those. Yep. You can buy them. And that's the reason you can buy them is because Sean was wearing one in the opening sequences of Monster Squad. So they're like with any 80s movie, there's always go- an older movie in general. There's always going to be some problematic moments. They leave after yeah, the, after bit, the huh? principal's like, I think science is cool, man. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Stop being weird. <laughs> but they leave and they're and Sean and Patrick are like walking down the hall talking. Like, Did you see that man? He was like getting really close. He was totally homoing out on me. Yeah. As I was thinking about it, I was thinking, you know, if I watch this with my kids, I would want to have a conversation about the 80s, you know, because that that dialogue is 100 percent era appropriate. Oh, it is. It's problematic now. But I swear to God, every single kid of that era had a conversation that is one to one comparable with that. Do you not think that even in the early even in the late 90s, me and my friends were having conversations just laden with homophobic slurs all day long? Oh, absolutely. Not to justify it in any way. I'm not trying to justify that. No, we grew up homophobia we learned that it's not cool so yeah this is a time capsule of the 80s yeah no it's so fucking it's stupidly appropriate and bill and ted would go on to do the same thing they would do the same thing in lethal weapon it's fucking all over the 80s especially the 80s the 90s too but really the 80s hard (laughs) yeah we're gonna meet fat kid whose name is horace we'll 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 get to that um which like why do you why would you name your child that like are you trying to get them picked on i don't know because at the end of the movie he could he has that badass line. It's like, my name is Horace. You know why that line is badass? Because he's holding a shotgun and has just shot a monster. That's the only reason that line is badass. Uh, yeah, I like that kid. He's being bullied by the brother from the Wonder Years. Yes. Oh, you know what I just realized? I was listening to the Kicking and Screaming podcast today, and I realized Olivia Dabo was the older sister from oh, the Wonder Years. Oh, shit, she was, wasn't she? Yeah. So, like, the, the Wonder Years is all over us lately like we we just been hitting shit from the wonder years left and right like wow that was an accident i think there was a wonder years reference in the surf 2 episode as well i don't know so when does we when is weird science going to come into this episode oh i mean it has to doesn't it it's 1987 is tom noonan in fucking weird science I don't know, but it's I, I, I noticed for the very first time that Tom Noonan gets special billing because he was already like horror movie royalty at this point because and of his role in Manhunter. One of the scariest goddamn people I've ever seen in my life. Like he, uh, he oh, is absolutely. terrifying. He's probably like, the nicest guy in the fucking world, but he is so scary. I just yeah, because yeah, he's, he's I, the bad I've, guy in Robocop 2 and he's that creepy motherfucker in the house of the devil. Not to mention he plays the psycho in uh, the last action here hero and he is creepy oh, in that yes yes he does do that too yeah the last action hero that's a weird movie and of course like i said manhunter manhunter yes uh which is red dragon but not red dragon yeah it's the first adaptation yeah. of red dragon couldn't have been worse than the fucking book god that book was so boring <laughs> 
<laughs> my mom loved that book. It, it was boring all the way through, but then I'm like, oh, that's over, right? I'm like, no, we have to have a big Hollywood action ending? What the fuck's happening? That's not what this book was. <laughs> but then all of a sudden it was. I'm like, God, that sucked. So I'm like, I really wanted to read Silence of the Lambs before I went and watched the movie, but I'm not going to do that because I don't care anymore. I'm going to, I'm just going to watch Silence of the Lambs one day, one day when I get to it. Have you not watched it yet? No. Oh my God. Wow. This is one of those where I'm shocked, Andrew. Like it's one of the best horror movies ever made. I know I get that a lot. I haven't watched The Shining or Silence of the Lambs or still haven't watched Night of the Living Dead, even though it's been sitting on my fucking Blu-ray shelf for like two years. I mean, the person you're robbing is yourself, Andrew. That's just the way it is. What else haven't I watched? A lot of stuff. I can't remember <laughs> everything that we've gone over and I'm like, what the fuck? I watched But at the same time, I know I've got that shit too. We we've all got it and it's super weird. Even Rachel's like I've seen The Shining. Like, fuck. <laughs> so, Fat Kid. Fat Kid and the brother from uh, from The Wonder Years. So, the brother from The Wonder Years also has a friend whose name I don't know because I don't know if he actually is named. But they use a racial no slur on him because that's what they do. No, they don't use a racial slur. No, a racial slur. Sorry, a homophobic slur. Yeah. But they also have this weird rehearsed thing that they're doing. EJ is the name of the brother from The Wonder Years. He's holding, like, a fake microphone. And he's like, we're here on the street today. What makes fat kids fat? Fat kid? And he's like, shut up, EJ. And he's like, shut up, EJ. No. And then he hands the microphone to his, the fake microphone to his friend. And he's like, yeah, we're on the street doing them. Like, what the fuck? Fat kid, why can't you stop eating? (laughs) And then, yeah, they're assholes. And then the coolest motherfucker in the world shows up. I thought he was such a badass when I was a kid. I was like, oh my God, he's so cool. But in reality, I'm watching it and I'm like, Jesus, he's 13 years old. And he's a fucking dork. What is he wearing? (laughs) So this dude pulls up he cruises up and like they're doing a real fucking badass hero shot on him like you just see the wheels and his fucking penny loafers <laughs> with these white socks and the cuffed up jeans and shit those cuffed jeans man <laughs> oh jesus and you see he, he lights a match on the bottom of his shoe and lights a cigarette uh, we all thought it was so badass in the day yeah i would have <laughs> if i was a little kid and i watched it but since i watched it when i was already in my 20s i'm like this guy's a dork he's gonna like be i a said cool guy, keep huh? in mind I'm nine years old yes. at the time. Uh, he's there to save Fat Kid. He makes he makes EJ pick up the candy bar that he made. He threw on the ground and stomped on that Fat Kid was eating, and he makes him eat it, and it's all really cool. We yeah, we, we like Rudy. I, like he just like he became he became my hero in that moment. I was like, oh my god, he stood up for the nerd who was getting shit on. This man is a god. <laughs> Yeah, Rudy was played by um, Ryan Lambert, and I just want to shout out to one of his shows that he got cast in. I don't know if he was already in it at the time, but <laughs> I used to watch this show on Nickelodeon, I think, called Kids Incorporated. Oh, I've heard of that one. I don't think I ever watched it, but I have heard of it. The description goes, a group of kids sing songs at a club for kids. They solve problems in between performances. Fergie was there. This was like the not Mickey Mouse Club, so they had Fergie, but they didn't have Justin Timberlake. The Mickey Mouse Club did. <laughs> so this was Nick's answer to the the Mickey Mouse Club. Oh, he was he was on it from eighty five to eighty eight. Okay, seasons two through five. And Mario. Oh, Lope. so so he appeared in the Monster Squad while he was in the midst of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And apparently Mario Lopez was there for the first three fucking seasons. No shit. Huh. I've never wow. actually looked at the cast list of this thing. Jennifer Love Hewitt was there. She was in official Mickey Mouse Club too, wasn't she? Well, now we now we need to find out. Now I need to know. It so doesn't matter. No, she was in Munchie though. Oh, 
well, that's close enough. And Sister Act Two, House. That's Arrest. the first. That's the first thing I remember her from was Sister Act Two. I was like, God damn, that girl is hot. <laughs> Again, keep in mind, it, I was age appropriate at the time. She was in one episode of Boy Meets World where they're parodying Scream because it came out the year after I Know What You Did Last Summer, and it's. <laughs> <laughs> It's one of my favorite episodes of the show where they're all stuck in detention and there's a there's a killer running around and Jennifer Love Hewitt is there, but she plays Jennifer Love Pfefferman. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I love Boy Meets World. But yeah, okay. You so and your Boy Meets World obsession. They kill this character named Kenny with a pencil right through his head, and then he like goes up against the wall and then he falls down and he draws a line all the way down to the down to where he's you know, where he stops. And <laughs> Eric Eric goes, oh my God, they killed Kenny. There's like a hundred South Park references in that show. It's really weird. <laughs> but then Corey walks up to the thing, walks up to the wall and goes, we'll always remember that Kenny was this tall. <laughs> that is dark for a kid's show. Yeah, that, that one didn't get aired often. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was some good stuff. It wasn't technically a kid's show. It was a family show. It was on TGIF. It's still pretty dark for TGIF. <laughs> like You're going to throw that on right after Family Matters. Family Matters had their own weird Halloween episodes. Yes, yes, we are going to do exactly that. So now the kids are all walking home. They're, Sean and Patrick are arguing about whether or not Wolfman can drive a car. He's like, no, he can't. He can't drive a car because, you know, whatever. But he's like, dude, the Wolfman wears pants. And they're like, he has to wear pants. Those movies were made in the 40s if he didn't wear pants you'd be able to see his wolf dork <laughs> they are fixated on the wolfman's wiener yeah there, a lot of attention gets paid to the wolfman's genitalia in this movie i have to say phoebe's there too <laughs> <laughs> phoebe is sean's little little sister she's played okay. by <laughs> she's played by an actress named ashley bank i found her on instagram she has a daughter and i swear to fucking god that it is a clone of her i swear no to shit. god <laughs> They look exactly the same. It's kind of fucking adorable. Also, she is the goddamn cutest thing ever in this movie. She's fucking adorable. And so well written. I I love the way this kid is written. Like, seriously, (laughs) it frustrates me that you have two major characters who basically don't get characterization, but it's totally made up for with this kid. They're so mean to her, but that's the thing. She was the little sister and she's like, guys, I want to be in the, I want to be in the club. And then even, even the, even fat kid who's not even related to her is like, get out of here, Phoebe, the Phoebe. I love how she just like totally keeps firing back at him. Like she's just <laughs> indomitable. This little kid. The idea here is that they're the fat kid is like, guys, you'll never guess what happened. Uh, Rudy came and fucking saved my ass and shit. And then they're like, can he join the monster club? They have a monster club, by the way, I forgot to mention that part. They're not the yeah, monster that, squad yet, but that was part of what they were in the principal's yes, office for. Cause they, they draw those pictures to hang on their clubhouse walls. And Sean was overacting the shit out of that scene a little bit. He's like, we drew, we draw those pictures to hang on our clubhouse walls. It's tone, like, okay, it dial down, it back, bro. kid. Good I know Lord. you're trying to be the Steven Dorff of this piece, but, uh, you know, just calm it the fuck down. Was Steven Dorff even the Steven Dorff when he was in The Gate? So Exactly, because The Gate came out like the year before, didn't it? Fuck, I don't remember. I remember seeing it and not liking it as much as I liked this movie, but that's one of those ones that I will watch uh, again and probably love to death. Oh, no, it came out in 87. Oh, same year. Yeah. No, The Gate was a big hit, though. Like, say what you will about it. The Gate was, the ga- people talked about The Gate. I remember people on the schoolyard talking about The Gate. That's another one. It scared the shit out of me. (laughs) 
That's another one that I didn't see until I was in my 20s. I saw it probably probably the next year when it was on HBO. And uh, it was like, because I had just seen The Lost Boys and then The Gate came on and I watched, I'm going to say I watched 20 minutes and got too scared and I had to turn it off. I like the idea of the sequel where it's where it follows his nerdy friend. Yeah, the sequel, uh, the sequel actually looked so scary that I wouldn't even try it. <laughs> I mean, I, I really want it. It's I really want both of those movies. I know the Vestron has the gate, but then Shout Factory, Scream Factory has gate two. It's not the gate part two. It's just gate two. Yeah, I have the gate on Laserdisc, although I do want to get the Vestron, but it's low on my list of priorities, you know. But yeah, I definitely want to pick up that Shout Factory copy of gate two. So they decide that they're going to let Rudy in, but only after they give him a monster test. And in the midst of all this conversation, there's they walk by this house that's kind of it's not dilapidated, really, but it's like I think the hedges are overgrown. The grass is really long, but it belongs to a character that they name scary German guy and the motherfucker. He comes back and he becomes pretty important to the plot. Never gets named. He is the scary German guy through the whole movie. I believe he's that in the credits, isn't he? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No name, no nothing. And he is perfectly cast because he is a fucking scary German guy. More darkness. That shit gets dark quick here. W- later on, we'll we'll touch on that a little bit. Before we get to the treehouse and the initiation and stuff, we jump to a plane and the pilot's like, why did I get this fucking job? There's just like dead people in the back? Well, this isn't cool. And then the other pilot's like, what? Do you want fucking assholes asking you for shit all the time? And he's like, no, this is good. I like it. Trying to convince himself that his job isn't awful. Do they ask for more of the little almond things? They're, they're peanuts, right? <laughs> So then they yeah. hear they hear a noise in the back. And of course, there's not supposed to be any noises because it's just a coffin, a casket with like a dead body in it. Yet there is a noise. And so they determine that something is amiss and someone should go back and investigate. So the pilot does and his friend stays back and he's like, I'll just stay here and make spooky sounds. But he was scared like two seconds ago. And it's, I think he's just OK because he doesn't have to go look at it. I think it's one of those, uh, you know, trying to convince himself he's not afraid situations. That would be my guess. Uh, so he goes back there and, you know. You know, everything seems on the up and up until he sees a bat and then Dracula's there and there's a big coffin and I already forgot what happened, but either way... No, uh, what happens is Dracula is like humping Frankenstein's coffin and uh, it says on it, Frankenstein Bavaria. So not Eugene's dad thinks he's going to be clever and he pulls this lever that (laughs) opens up the Bombay doors because apparently (laughs) this plane is an old bomber or something and Dracula doesn't fall. He just floats there and looks very haughty before turning into a bat and flying out and i gotta say that bat transition actually looked really fucking good for the time no it does some of the some of the effects are kind of cheesy but some of them are good and kind of gross yeah it i mean it's a mixed bag for sure but that particular one i really liked i i remember kind of saying out loud to myself because that's what i'm doing these days god damn that's a good looking effect it's part of the charm of these movies anyways the shitty effects and all that fun stuff yeah so the coffin like falls by the way into some water somewhere but then it's kind of suggested in a weird way i don't know if you noticed this that it's right by the tree house even though i know it's not but like it looked like dracula's cape was like draped over some bushes and then it pans over to the tree house yeah i 
think the implication is that it's in the swamp that is very near the tree. Like the the treehouse is on the border of the swamp, and it landed in that same swamp. Yeah, so that that that's a thing. Cool. Frankenstein just Frankenstein's monster, by the way. They they name him Frankenstein, but we learn here in a second that they know that that's not the case and shit. So we're in the treehouse. Before we get to the treehouse, I did want to say I like that for this sequence they go with old school rules on Dracula because it is still daytime, but Dracula is able to fly down and get into a tree where he goes to sleep because, and I know that, you know, the hardcore horror fans know this, but a lot of casuals don't. The idea of Dracula being killed by sunlight is actually not original canon. That's something that was created for Nosferatu, the movie from 19, was it 21 or 27? I can't remember. It's in the 20s sometime, but I don't really remember. Yeah. Anyway, the German one directed by F.W. Murnau. So it was, it was invented for that movie? Yeah. The idea of sunlight killing oh. a vampire started with that movie. It's not in the novel. Oh, interesting. So it still goes way back, though. So that's that's something. It does. But, you know, like that's why Coppola had to have that whole sequence in his adaptation of Dracula that says it's believed by many that vampires cannot withstand the daylight. But this is not true. It's simply that it's not their natural environment. Oh, my God, dude. I haven't seen that movie in so long. I got it in Horror Pack and haven't watched it again yet. I fucking love that movie. It's everything you want it to be, at least for me. I, I love that particular, you know, that period piece mixed with horror thing that they did. I mean, Del Toro does that with Crimson Peak, doesn't he? Which I've never uh, seen. I haven't seen Crimson haven't Peak, seen so I either. don't know. I bought the Arrow, the Arrow version of it. Yeah, that's a nice version. It's pretty. I just, I just want all of Del Toro's movies on fancy special editions because I'm a fucking nerd. I can understand that. I do want to watch it, though. I, I know it got very mixed reviews when it came out. There were some people who were like, ah, this is bullshit, and others were like, this is a new classic. <laughs> so I'm wondering if maybe it's one of those that is like really for horror fans, you know? Let's go to the treehouse where something else problematic is happening because of course we can't just get away from that this is the 80s and this shit was funny rudy is spying on rudy's spying on a girl getting dressed we learn later it's patrick's sister oh yeah yeah that was uh you know thanks porkies yeah, Jesus Christ. I'm like, yeah, she's cute. Would you stop that, though? Why, that by the way? business in the 80s. I got a question. So it's the treehouse, right? And Patrick right. and Sean and Eugene and Horace are always up there. Why is the telescope? I assume, I, <laughs> I don't want to assume that Rudy just moved it there. I want to assume that the telescope is just in that window, pointed at his that, that girl's window all the time. So why is Patrick, like, spying on his sister getting dressed and shit? I feel like Patrick's not the one spying on his sister. Is it Phoebe? Yep. Okay, cool. Just totally. Totally. She's a shady little fuck. So they're going to give they're going to give Rudy the monster test. But Phoebe. Oh, by the way, this is the coolest fucking tree fort of all time, by the way. It would not hold my fat ass. It would break the second I got up there. But maybe it wouldn't. Oh, absolutely. Because Frank was up there and, you know, it was fine. Well, yeah, that's true. But Tom Noonan is a skinny motherfucker. (laughs) That's true. Phoebe shows up real quick, too. She oh, she goes and opens the door. She climbs up there and she opens the door and she's like, mom says you have to let me in. Otherwise, it's prescribed. And he's like, (laughs) Sean's like, that's uh, discrimination, jerkoid. Prescription is drugs, which you're on if you think you're getting in here. (laughs) God. Guaranteed Shane Blackline. What an asshole. (laughs) Oh, my God. So they're giving Rudy the monster test and they're like, okay, so how do you is Frankenstein the name of the monster or the guy? It's the guy. Uh, How do you kill a vampire with a wooden stake and sunlight? Two ways to kill a vampire. Two ways to kill a vampire. Wooden stake and then sunlight. What about, how do you kill a vampire? Uh, Or a a werewolf. Horace's great line (laughs) was, ha ha, it's 
daylight. <laughs> no, he. I think I think Rudy said daylight, and then he's like oh, oh, sunlight, that's right, that's and then right. Patrick is like, "Fat kid, what other kind of light is there during the day?" <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know right. why he's all happy about him maybe getting it wrong. He was his idea to have him there in the first place. You know, I gotta say, as a kid who had a comparable experience with clubism and being in the club while someone else was trying to get in the club, there's a perverse delight at knowing that you have inside knowledge. It's not really inside even, knowledge. We do. We know even, at that even point. Even if you want the other person to, to get in, you kind of like take a little joy and be like, no, dumbass. They ask him how to kill a werewolf and he's like, silver bullet. There's like, no, there's one, There's another way. There, oh, two ways to kill a werewolf. He's like, silver bullet. And then what's the other way? And he's like, well, I give up. What is the other way? And they they all give their things. Like one of them says old age. One of them, <laughs> one of them says throw him out a window and like drop him on a bomb, which will actually happen later. And it doesn't work. <laughs> That's a great setup payoff moment. <laughs> then we get to meet the Goonies mom. She's just mom. She's Sean's mom, but she's the mom from the Goonies. She's the mom to a second Sean. Oh, fuck. The character Sean in this and the, the actor's name was Sean. In the, oh, damn. It's getting uh, so many layers to it. Yeah, this is getting crazy. She uh, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck she does for a living, but the old house on Stony Brook Road, because that sounds made. That doesn't sound made up at all. She found a book that she wanted to give to Sean because it looks old and weird. And it turns out it's Van Helsing's diary. And Sean's like, holy shit. Shit. He's like, cow, cow. Sorry, mom. Remember when that was a thing? <laughs> and then your mom just glares at you for swearing. But your mom probably would have like beat you with a belt or something. Uh, She would have washed my mouth out with soap oh, and man. did on one occasion. So liquid yeah, or bar bar, but with a toothbrush. <laughs> like she she rubbed the toothbrush on the bar to collect the soap and then brushed my fucking teeth with it. Jesus Christ. That fucking sucks, let me tell you. Clearly it worked. <laughs> it did. It did. That was the last time I ever swore in front of my mom until I was uh in my 20s. And now look at you. And now look at me. Dirty fucking heathen. <laughs> um let's wake up Frankenstein's monster because this scene is actually wait no not yet we don't get that yet no not quite nope not yet anyways Dracula does his cool thing where he stands over the city and says let it begin ha everything is happening all at the same time to make this kind of because this this thing takes place over like the course of a day and a half uh, I think it's two days and a half two days well yeah and a half. So, huh? two and a half days okay Sean goes up to his dad and he's like oh you know I, I have a favor to ask you I want five dollars so I can go see a movie you can't because yeah I'm going out with your mother tonight we're going to the fucking therapist and he's like again what the hell and he's like oh what are you gonna go see um something something part groundhog Day oh yeah groundhog part 12 Day. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like i thought i thought they killed him in the last one. Oh, they did he returns from the grave and then the dad's like trying to be into it for like a second he's like oh he returns from the grave sean he always returns from the grave if they cut him up into little pieces and mailed it all to norway he'd still come back from the grave and then sean's like oh that was part seven <laughs> <laughs> Really, yep. really a good uh, good joke on what the horror thing was like back in the day. Still today, but a little That was so. a solid one. And then the dad pulls out a cigarette, and I always wondered, this line is really weird. Oh, it, Sean has to babysit his sister, so he can't fucking, he can't go to the movie. Dad's like, dad's being kind of cool about it. He's like, oh, we'll go tomorrow. I'll get off early. We'll go to the movie tomorrow. And then he's like, but they'll blab the entire plot. And he's like, plot? Sean, it's a guy with an axe. Like, the plot <laughs> is to rob, to separate you from me from my five bucks. But, uh, <laughs> But he grabs a cigarette and Sean's like, I thought you quit. And then his dad pulls him, he gets, pulls him real close and goes, hey, I love you dearly, but put your basic lid on it. (laughs) 
that was a uh, product integration moment is what that was. I'm sure you don't remember. In the late 80s, there was a cigarette brand called Basic and their entire marketing campaign was selling products that said your basic and then the name of whatever the product was, right? Like, so like if it was a wallet, it said your basic wallet. If it was a gym bag, it said your basic gym bag. If it was a jacket, it said your basic jacket. So that was that just was some there. ninja product placement. Yeah, that was ninja product. That was that was stealth product integration is what that was. Or like a joke that they just kind of threw in there because they like smoking those cigarettes. This is a Hollywood production. Come on. Dad has to skip therapy because he's a cop and some shit's going down because this motherfucker goes nuts at the police station going like, I'm a werewolf. I'm a werewolf. You have to lock me up. You have to lock me up. But he, he ends up stealing a cop's gun and they end up shooting him. So he has to go down to the police station and mom's pissed off and she's like, I'm important. He's like, and then he leaves. It's Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite for those interested. Holy fuck. Is it really? He's going crazy. Wow. Wow. That puts a new perspective on that one. Yeah. Just imagine him with a football in his hand standing in front of a video camera. <laughs> Holy shit. Fuck Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> I fucking love that movie, man. I'm sorry. That shit is funny. It probably is funnier than I'm giving it credit for. How about the museum? The museum, because this is another this is another part where there's an actual joke here. They have to him the dad and the partner, the dad's name is Dell, and his partner, they have to go down to the museum because a mummy disappeared. And the partner's kind of a sarcastic asshole, and he's like, Who took it? You didn't hear anybody? Are you deaf? And he screams into the security guard's ear. The guy's like, What? Stop it. He's like, Okay, so you didn't like, did you take the mummy? He's like, No. He's like, ah, just a shot. He's being really sarcastic. I don't think he <laughs> I don't think he takes his job very seriously at all. <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> He's pretty funny. He though. does not give a fuck. He is just there to piss on everybody's <laughs> parade. Like, <laughs> And then... Oh my god! I, yeah, I just love it. <laughs> and then he's the great. dad says, "Well, he's got to be somewhere." Two thousand year old dead guys don't just get up and walk away by themselves. And then we cut to the two thousand year old dead guy just walking around by himself. Sight gag. And then that leads us into a shot of the coroner van driving the the werewolf screamer guy. And it turns out that you know he's not dead because they didn't shoot him with a silver bullet. And he turns into a werewolf, and it's kind of icky, but not super icky, but it's kind of gross. Yeah, there are some scenes in this movie that I'm like, that probably wouldn't have gotten away with a pg-13 nowadays oh yeah like yeah. again just because pg-13 has become pg you know like it's the gore thing you can have all the same content but like they show the wolfman blown apart later on yeah. you know and there's all the blood and everything i mean they don't show it when he blows up when he blows up it's very dry but when his body is like reassembling itself all the pieces are like bloody yeah so the, the, there's a few moments in here where i'm like yeah i don't know if they'd let you get away with that in a modern pg-13 no no fucking pg-13 horror is really weird it's got to be supernatural otherwise it's nothing now yeah pretty much or yeah. well no psychological works too yeah yeah psychological or supernatural yeah horror has gotten kind of weird i don't know that is a conversation for another time that could go on for fucking years after all that oh he killed the the werewolf guy he turns into a werewolf and kills the kills the van driver so now there's two dead guys walking around well one of them great scare moment by yes. the way oh man it's good stuff then we cut to sean just hanging out on the roof of his house watching a drive drive-in movie from his roof which i'm like which that's, that's fucking cool man how the fuck is he bothering 
bring his dad for five dollars keep in mind this is five dollars in 1980s dollars it's basically a 20 how is he bothering him for five dollars to go to the movies when he can go out on his roof and do that that was just as good as going to a drive-in he he even lived next to a drive-in that broadcasts the audio on the radio signal in 1987 that was very new technology because he wanted to go to a like a multiplex to see his dumb horror movie but he got to watch it from the rooftop see like, that that's what i thought too i'm not sure if he's watching that movie because he looks when his dad comes out onto the roof brings him a burger sean goes look this is the best part so it's like he's oh, seen that yeah before. yeah that's true maybe it was a movie he's seen multiple times already because he can just kind of hang out on his roof apparently that's awesome i want to fucking do that oh god that would be so rad i miss drive-ins <laughs> i really miss drive-ins so now god. yeah i've been to one once it, we saw x-men and no wait no no we did not see x-men uh x-men was playing on the screen next to ours we saw you're gonna fucking you're gonna love this can you guess what we saw it was in- okay wait l- let me let me let me think about it. all right it's x-men so it's what 99 uh 2001 2000 2000 2000 okay 2000 it was a double feature along came polly no you're not far off <laughs> There is a woman's name in the title. Me, myself, and Irene. Yes. Oh my God! Seriously? <laughs> yeah. It was that. <laughs> I got it too. That and Loser. Oh man. And I'm like, I'm watch. I watched Loser again. One of these things is not like the other. Well, yeah. You, well, you told me they did that thing where they they play the big big Hollywood movie first, and then they play the R-rated weird one last. That's kind of what they did. So Loser was first, and Me, myself, and Irene was the second feature. I believe so. And when we were waiting for the movie, the second movie to start. Uh, my stepdad turned on the the radio station for the X-Men movie, which I had seen already, but I was just kind of hanging out watching it while we were waiting for our other movie. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So that was, that was the I, thing. I got to say that is one of my big regrets is because I got married at such a young age. And then, you know, I was, I was married for the end of drive-ins, you know, I did always regret not having ever taken a date to the drive-in and fucked at the drive-in. I was like 12. So wait, 2000, no, I was 13. <laughs> yeah, but I was an adult for the end of the drive-in. I went to the drive-in for several years after hitting adulthood. Well, aren't you fucking lucky? You could have fucked your wife at the drive-in. No, because we had kids too young. And her 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 vag was just wrecked after that. No, we I had know the kids what you mean. In the I'm car just with kidding. us, Jesus. <laughs> they could watch. It's fine. <laughs> Just be like, just here, here's your blindfolds. Here, your, here's your earmuffs. That that's a, that's a bridge too far even for me. <laughs> <laughs> getting weird up in here it's fun. oh jesus help don't us. do that weird shit in front of your kids it will traumatize them forever so we're gonna go to the woods and do that scene that i thought was coming up and now it's actually here so this all right this scene is fucking awesome and i love it to death so we're in the woods the werewolf shows up the mummy's there dracula he summons the fucking creature from the black lagoon to grab this casket out of the water and the creature looks fucking awesome and slimy and gross i mean it's really that that's a really cool scene specifically because it looks like dracula is levitating the coffin out of the water with the power of his mind but it turns well i mean i guess technically he is but then it turns out Gilman is underneath him and it's not technically a creature from the black lagoon because of rights and copyright issues and shit but it's totally the creature from the black lagoon yeah they they refer to him as creature later on oh i thought they i thought they referred to him as Gilman. no they actually say uh uh, eugene goes creature stole my twinkie oh yeah but in the he's in the credits as Gilman. oh do they okay tom woodruff jr played him i don't know who that is is that a costume guy who does a bunch of weird shit i would imagine yes because 
unlike Wolfman, he only has one credit. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whereas Wolfman, you know, you've got Uncle Rico and then you've got the guy who played him in makeup. So Oh, 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 I see, I see. Yeah, this is a really cool scene. They they open the it's it's like the Avengers of the fucking monster world, because they're technically not the universal monsters, but they're they're fucking they're the fucking universal monsters. Yeah. I think it's license free versions of the universal monsters. Well, and that's also why Frankenstein's <laughs> bolts are on his head and not on his neck. Oh my god. This this guy, uh what's his what's his name? Tom Woodruff Jr. He played Pumpkinhead. Oh shit, really? Yeah. All right. I'm I'm He played I'm a Graboid in Tremors. Holy shit. All right. He played the lead alien in Alien 3. He played Goro in Mortal Kombat. Oh, I'm 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 in. I'm in. Oh, this guy's been in some cool shit. He was in Leviathan, which I never saw, but I know the cover. And he played an alien in Alien Resurrection as well. <laughs> so he's like <laughs> he's like Doug Jones, but nobody knows who he is apparently. Yeah, he's like he's like uh uh off-brand Doug Jones. He's been in all kinds of cool shit. That's awesome. I'm into it. Not as much cool shit as Doug Jones, but who has really? Goro was one of the coolest bad effects ever. Yeah. Goro was a great cheesy monster. I fucking love that movie. I also like the new one, everybody. So get off my dick about it. It's still a fine movie. (laughs) I don't think anybody's on your dick about it, dude. No. uh, Well, no. There's people that are like, I hate, I hate this whole thing about like the new movie came out and everybody's like, well, it's it's not good. It's not, it's not the old one. I'm like, yeah, it's not the old one. Like you're allowed to like this new one while the old one still exists. You know that, right? In the words of uh, someone, I don't fucking remember who, (laughs) but that one still exists. Yeah. It's still there. You can like, they didn't take that away. It didn't disappear because they made this new one. If you don't want to go see the new one, that's fine. Don't go see the new one, but you can still watch the old one. I have my issues with the new one. Okay, I do. But it's still a fun movie. I don't give a shit. That was a side It's joke. not like the old one is fucking Citizen Kane or something. I mean, it's a fun cheese ball action movie. That's what it is. Yeah, it's the only video game movie in the 90s that you can look at and be like, well, that didn't suck. Yeah, pretty much. Like though, that, and that's a low bar, by <laughs> even, the way. Even though I love Double Dragon and I like the Mario Brothers movie. I don't care. No, those are great, <laughs> terrible movies. <laughs> but you have to thoroughly enjoy bad movies in order for those to be fun. Fun. Mortal Kombat I could actually watch as a completely unironic teenager <laughs> who was who was you know completely had his head up his own ass in terms of self-importance and shit and I still was like wow that was actually pretty fun oh dude I was the perfect age for Mortal Kombat I was seven years old eight seven eight years old when that shit came out yeah I was fucking that is that is the perfect like that's the age at which it's the most badass thing you could imagine seeing yeah you're, you're it has like, just enough violence to like be like yeah but not make you feel yeah. so edgy for watching it yeah it's pretty fucking cool that's that's one that we have to jump on at some point i love mortal Kombat, guys not the games as much as the movies oh yeah i i don't give shit one about the games i but i did dig that movie they're gonna wake up frankenstein now sorry about the sidetracks i knew it would happen so we're back up to 75 percent bullshit now <laughs> dial it back dial it back um so they open up the coffin and it happens to be frankenstein's monster who we're going to refer to as frank or frankenstein because that's what the kids call him later even though again they know and i know i know the guy is fucking frankenstein but still shorthand god damn it he is credited as frankenstein yes monster. thank you and dracula uses his staff to wake him up but he like takes out these little spark plugs hook things and like <laughs> shocks him awake it's real weird 
when i was nine years old that seemed ingenious i was like oh my god that's amazing watching it as an adult i'm like that is a very 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 specifically designed device it is the only <laughs> like, time he uses it in the whole movie yeah it's not like he will ever have call for that again in his life yeah there's really no like the motivation behind dracula doing stuff is like cuz <laughs> Like, he just kind of does things. Yeah, it's... Like, it's implied... It's not Shakespeare. Yeah, it's implied that he wants to, like, take over the world and shit, but it's never yeah. actually stated. Well, I mean, the whole idea is that if the if the amulet is shattered, then the balance between good and evil shifts, and evil takes over, and that's what Dracula wants. But he does some really weird shit to get there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> It kind of doesn't make sense. But that's but, okay. This movie is 80 minutes long, and I don't care. You know, realistically, a lot of the shit in the Goonies doesn't make sense either. So no. if you can enjoy that and not this, I'm sorry you're overthinking things. I Yeah, I 100% agree. They are two sides of the same coin. They're two very different movies in a way, but like still the same kind of movie. I'm not going to try and pretend that this is a better movie or even as good of a movie as the Goonies, but this is definitely, you know, like its little cousin. We get more a little moment of Phoebe being cute when her mom puts her to bed she makes her mom kiss uh kiss scraps and she's like oh is the lightning gonna get us and she's like no because there's a candle in the room and she's like like the the candle keeps it away and she's like that's right and then she says good night scraps good night it's so fucking cute she's goddamn adorable (laughs) she really is and then mom and dad are arguing because they have fucking problems because this movie is really serious and these problems never ever 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 get resolved (laughs) no they fucking don't there's literally no resolution at all. They have this argument while Sean's kind of like, what the fuck? And then he sees that his mom has written a message, a phone message on this, like on this whiteboard. And it says, Dr. Alucard, some from school for Sean. Now, Sean being as well versed in monster culture as he is, why did it take him three times to figure out that Alucard was Dracula spelled backwards? <laughs> You know, I I will say this was my very first introduction to a lot of staples of the horror world. And so, again, this being baby's first horror movie, that was a real mind blower (laughs) when I was nine years old. He had to have seen that movie, right? No, you're absolutely right. To anyone who's well versed in horror, that's a no brainer. (laughs) But seriously, this this had to be aimed at the horror illiterates like young me. Because, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, like that blew my mind. The whole idea of making Frankenstein sympathetic, making him a good guy, like that's old hat at this point in horror history, but they made it new for a young generation, you know? <laughs> You're 100% right. Sean, being as well versed in horror as he is, should have gotten that immediately, but uh, they kind of. They kind of eased us into it because most of us watching this were noobs. Castlevania three was two years away. Oh yeah, the whole you know the whole Castlevania thing hadn't happened yet. No, Castlevania one and two were out at the time of this movie. Yes, but Alucard didn't appear until no Castlevania the three later games. Yeah, in eighty nine. Yeah. So never mind. I was thinking like he had to have played that game right, but I don't see a fucking Nintendo anywhere in this movie. No, no, y- you don't. They couldn't afford one. Budget for this was like twenty bucks. Not really. The, the, <laughs> the budget was pretty big, and it's it. It's, it's all on screen, which is awesome. Speaking of being a horror virgin, this movie is what taught me what the word virgin meant. 
<laughs> when the guy was reading the thing and talking about needing a virgin, I was like, what the hell does that mean? And then when, when Rudy does his line, Patrick's sister, I was like, oh, that's what virgin means? Oh, yeah. Oh, we'll get to that because I want to talk about that because that's some fun shit. After Sean has his revelation about Alucard being Dracula in, in the movie, in the son of Dracula, it's fucking Dracula's son, of course, but still. We're shorthanding it again for, yeah, the, you know, because we just got to, we got to cruise through this. The movie's 80 fucking minutes long. We're almost recording for as long as the movie is already. <laughs> um, Then we cut well. to... We, we got the monster in the closet scene with the not pilot. It's not the fucking pilot because th- th- that's why this scene confused me because I'm like, wait, you just saw Dracula. Why are you free? Why are you not believing your son that there's monsters? <laughs> I still don't know how you didn't make this connection with that. They're two different people. I don't know. Uh, either way, fucking <laughs> I'm dumb. That's why been watching this movie for like 10 fucking years. And so Eugene comes to his parents bedroom and he's like, there's a monster in my room. And the dad's like, all right, let's go get the monsters out. He opens the door. He's playing it cool for like a second and dad opens the door he's like all right all you monsters get out of here and he's like oh you you hiding over there you get out and then he's like hey you see any monsters and then eugene just points to the closet and then the dad opens the door doesn't look in the closet and you see the mummy in there and eugene is just like freaking out and he covers his eyes and the dad's like "Ooh, monsters oh look at all those monsters ah and he's like are look they at gone? the scary <laughs> monster and then he's like are they gone and eugene's like no no they're not and he's like you know what you're not gonna sleep with your mother and me tonight you know that and if you keep this up you're not reading any monster magazines anymore and then the dad <laughs> just leaves and then the mummy like he he's he's gone at that point but you can see his like cl- his bandage dragging out of the window that scene specifically is the reason why when my children <laughs> called me up to their rooms this is this is not too long ago this is like 10 years ago you know my my 19 year old daughter was like seven or eight, nine years old. And she calls me up to her room and she's like, dad, I think there's a monster under my bed. She had been reading creepy pastas all night, you know? <laughs> and so rather than just say, I looked in the closet, I was actually like, come on, you've seen monster squad. Let's just make sure. <laughs> Oh, that's fair. That's fair. No, Rachel has this thing in her head. I make jokes about it sometimes when I should probably stop that uh, there's somebody living in our attic and they're going to kill us. That is a scary idea. <laughs> it is. I'm like, like there's, there's got to be something up there that will have fucking strangled that thing, that that person. There's not a lot of ventilation up there. That guy's dead. It's fine. I mean, <laughs> it it's a highly unlikely thing. But what's scary is that it actually has happened. Yes, I know. I'm like, do you want to watch that movie Hangman? It'll be fun. It's one of the earlier movies that I got when I subscribe to horror pack and it's about a guy who lives in these people's attic and fucking mur- oh. murders the guy and then makes <laughs> makes the woman tell him that he loves that she loves him and then she then he kills her yeah i haven't seen that one it's pretty fucked up <laughs> that was scary i watched it and i'm like yeah you're not watching that one nope <laughs> nope i'm um, yeah was she already afraid of that stuff at that time yeah yeah oh yeah because I, I was thinking like maybe like you watched it and then she was like oh my god what if oh no she doesn't watch that shit with me she doesn't like horror movies in general like i've, I've no, i know that I i've know gotten that. her to watch like ready or not and she's like i didn't like that we watched green room she's like i didn't like that i'm like fuck she didn't like ready or not that was no. just uh, that that wasn't even scary that was just fun i know she just she just wasn't into it and i don't know why wow probably because samara weaving i don't know there's something about her that just turns some people off if uh if we weren't in such a committed relationship i would have left at that point <laughs> not not after ready or not but definitely green room oh yeah yeah that's um yeah i don't know if i could take that such a great movie but it's a 
you know it's a horrific movie to watch but it's fucking really good so good moving is a huge pain in the ass yeah it is god damn it anyways uh let's cut to the next scene the next scene this is important um they're all up in the treehouse again i can't get over how rad that treehouse is dude <laughs> like i've never gotten over how cool that treehouse is ever i have thought that from the time i watched this movie i was like that's the cool tree coolest treehouse i have ever seen and i had friends who had cool treehouses and they didn't come close to that i didn't have any it's the treehouse. it's the split level thing it's got like multiple tiers to it that is just awesome to me it's because it's a set man it's not real it's still cool dude <laughs> they're up there sean has written down on on like a whiteboard or a chalkboard or whatever it is monster squad and everybody's like what the fuck's the monster squad he's like that's us and then he tells them the situation dracula's here every you know things are happening there's dead guys walking around and somebody said he was a werewolf and then eugene just looks at him and goes mummy came in my house and then yeah how old is eugene and why is he hanging out with these people yeah yeah i don't know is eugene a kindergartner yeah is is he phoebe's friend that they kidnapped or something (laughs) yeah sure everybody's making jokes and sean has a little freak out again he's like god damn it god damn it would you shut the hell up nobody's gonna do this but us so are we the monster squad and i'm like fuck yeah we are thank you i'm (laughs) i'm in i'm in sean and then they all do the thing where they put their hands in and then the doggies up there and he puts his hand he puts his (laughs) hand on top and then you hear rudy off screen going how does that dog get up here anyway because everybody's you know everybody's been asking that same question and in the scripting process shane black or fred decker went how does that dog get up here anyway and then they're like that's funny we're putting that in One of them had to have asked that question. That's a great dodge. I love it because they ask it and then cut for comedy and then they don't have to answer. Mm -hmm. Then we cut to Dracula's house. Well, it's not really Dracula's house. It's where he thinks the amulet is or it's It's like 666 Shadow Brook Road. It's where where they blew it in the beginning of the movie. No, no, no. That was in Dracula's castle in Bavaria. That was was in a castle. Oh, it was. This is a house on Shadow Brook Road. And apparently the Teddy Roosevelt statue is the is the lever to get into the secret dungeon room (laughs) yeah because i think the idea is that and dracula says this that van helsing's disciples took the amulet and hid it here oh right they obviously took it from eastern europe somewhere you know where van helsing died and then traveled to america you know to to hide it from dracula this is where he tells he tells frankenstein to he's he you need to get that diary van helsing's diary from them and if they give you any shit you kill him and frank's like oh because you know you can tell he's already a nice he's he's a nice guy the kids decide that since all this shit is really happening i don't think all of them are convinced yet sean is they decide that they're gonna go see the scary german guy so that he can help them translate the diary because it's all in german and then we get another great gag he's gonna like murder us and well what is what is german for don't murder us or something and then the, <laughs> and then he comes up behind him and says it and then you get the you get the this is your last chance cut and he's got a fucking big kitchen knife in his hand this is your last chance for pie for pie <laughs> <laughs> this guy's actually pretty scary, but he turns out to be this sweet old guy. Obviously, they've all had they've all had helpings of pie, and he's like, "Who wants more?" And fat kids like me, and then he, he looks because <laughs> he's contractually <laughs> yes. obligated to eat at every opportunity. He looks over at his friends and goes, "Scary German guy's bitching," which the scary German guy liked. Yeah, he smiled as he's reading the diary. So we get a little bit of exposition about 100 years ago from 
like I think tomorrow's date, they tried to open Limbo and destroy the evil and he tells him about the amulet and how it's concentrated good and if it gets destroyed, then evil will take over the balance. You said the thing about the balance earlier and the only time it's vulnerable is like once every hundred years on such and such a date and that's the only time it can be destroyed. At the stroke of midnight. And we learn here that they need a virgin to read the thing, right? Yes. Okay. This is is where that is revealed. Speaking of virgins, do you think Frankenstein's a virgin? Probably not. I only ask that because the next scene they cut immediately from that to the scene we we've seen in countless movies I think where it looks like Frankenstein is gonna go all ape shit and throw the little girl in the water because that's what we saw in the 30s movie yep it's literally that's the how exact it's scene. Li- it's the same shot yeah like they have her sitting by the water just like the little girl in the original yeah which again did not realize that the first time I watched it but again this is this is like you know horror 101 oh and we don't want to forget we don't want to forget uh right after that little thing happens the kids all leave the scary german guy's house and they're and he's like see i i told you i'm not a monster like if i was a vampire or something i wouldn't have a reflection and then he looks in the mirror and he has a reflection and the kids go oh you sure know a lot about monsters don't you and he's like now that you mention it i suppose i do and then he closes the door and we see his fucking concentration camp tattoo on his forearm yeah like fuck man yeah i uh, that was a reference i did not get as a nine-year-old i was like what okay clearly that means something but what does it mean is he evil like that's what i thought i remember thinking that as a kid like is he secretly some kind of evil monster himself nope he's definitely seen some evil though fuck yes he has holy fuck i yeah once i learned about that i remember when i was in like junior high school or high school or wherever it was i learned about that and suddenly the tumblers all fell into place i was like oh my god scary german (laughs) guy was in a concentration camp that must have been quite the fucking realization did you go tell all your friends no i don't think i had any friends at that time who i had grown up with i think by that point i was like making all new friends so you know we didn't have that shared experience as children anymore (laughs) that's pretty funny though no i have shit like that all the time you know how long it took me to figure out the joke of blink 182's album take off your pants and jacket (laughs) how long it was like three years ago I was really old and I'm wow. I was just th- I can't remember what happened I like hadn't thought about it in a, in a long time and I'm like take off your pants and jack oh <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Every once in a while, I'll still have a moment like that where where I'll realize something I had never realized before that you would think anybody <laughs> who can function at anything above a kindergarten level would have figured out by now. Nope. Took me until I was in my 40s to figure it out. <laughs> I felt really dumb. So they go to they find Rudy at a diner or whatever, and they ask him just point blank. Hey, Rudy, know any virgins? And that's the first <laughs> that's the first spit take of the movie. And Rudy's Rudy's the only one who gets a spit take and Rudy he gets, gets two. two spit takes two that, that's just a good that's just a good quick quick moment then we cut to them all going back to the house but then phoebe's like guys guys come on come on and then sean looks at her and goes phoebe handle life okay <laughs> <laughs> And then she does another, uh, she's just cute. This scene is especially is super cute. She's just like, would you look? 
and then there's, yeah. there's Frankenstein <laughs> coming out from behind the tree and then they all like oh fuck then they run and hide and then she's like what guys he's nice he's friends with us don't be chicken shit and I always thought that line was the funniest <laughs> fucking thing it is she is so fucking cute her delivery is so good <laughs> yeah, just I, priceless that kid Sean has to be the one to go and make friends and then when he does well, he is the leader yes, so Frankenstein like pats him on the back but he does it a little too hard and Sean like falls over <laughs> it's good stuff they're gonna hang out in the treehouse and Phoebe taught him to say words and he's like bogus the camera oh god the camera by the way there's a telescope and a camera pointed in that direction yeah so at this point Rudy is a full-on creep this is one of those moments where I'm gonna have to have a discussion with my kids (laughs) like okay in the 80s people thought this was hilarious it's a little it's a little fucking good. creepy is what yeah. it is it's a little it's a lot fucking creepy. criminal is what it is <laughs> that girl's like 16 years old but we get an okay joke out of it because uh frankenstein like bumps into the camera. he's like looking through the camera at the girl at her at the sister and then he like accidentally clicks the button and the camera flashes and he's like bogus bogus and <laughs> i love tom noonan he's fucking great in this it's awesome i i do love him in this he's fantastic and then they show him a show him a frankenstein mask and he gets really sad i'm not gonna lie i shed real tears this time watching it when he when he has that moment i'm like god damn it poor frankenstein yeah that's sad i'm sad and then you know then then they all then they have that what i call it the et shot you know oh yeah they're all kind of walking walking together down the street yeah over the horizon yeah and then we cut to dracula looking for the looking for the amulet with the wolfman but you can't have an 80s movie without a fucking montage nope and it's a montage to a garbage song the music in this movie's awful dance until yeah, it's your pretty feet unmemorable fall off. i remember it well i barely remember it dance until you drop dance until your feet fall off or something but you see oh him, yeah that's right <laughs> you see him doing all the stuff eugene which will it will circle back to this later eugene's contribution to them preparing for this shit is writing a note saying army guys come quick there are monsters that is the jump the shark moment for the in this movie for me that's oh like, that's a that's a big one and i'm like why like just like fuck off who thought that was a good idea to include in the script although you know what i will say this when i was nine i thought it was genius speaking of fat dorky guys dracula drugs and restrains the wolfman (laughs) well we think he does he he like ties him up and he's like oh taking this would kill a normal man but you're not a normal man are you ha 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 wolfman doesn't swallow the pills because he needs to fucking escape because he's actually a good guy yeah he doesn't want to be the monster that he's stuck being very tortured character i surprising right yeah it really blew my mind because you know i had never seen a horror movie like i said and so to see in my very first horror movie effectively not one but two monsters who actually weren't the bad guys yeah that was a mind blower you know like you grow (laughs) up you think you got a handle on things and then this came along it was like whoa left field that fucked up yeah i know this this one's kind of subverting expectations this is not a movie that needs to do any of this no it totally could have gotten by on less effort but uh yeah good old fred decker and shane black they brought the they brought the goods it's almost like they gave a shit that's crazy dracula also like feeds on young girls in this one so that's fucking scary (laughs) yeah that's pretty dark like these clearly high school girls he goes and he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna go have a bite and then he walks to this (laughs) closet where these three high school girls are trapped and later on they're full-on vampires 
Yeah, I love Rudy's line when he's doing that, but uh, we'll get to that also. Oh, this is, is going to be fun, because this is when the shit just start, kind of starts flying off the rails. This is like the last 20 minutes of the movie, and it is just fucking falls to the wall, does not stop. We're going to do this. It'll be all right. Okay, so the Wolfman calls the dad at at the police station, tells him, like, I'm, the, I'm, I'm you know, this is happening, and he's going to kill your son. Because ah! at first, he doesn't Sean's dad is like, Okay, crackpot. Uh, have a nice night. That's a thing. And then, uh, of course, the, the the friend is there, the partner. And he's like, hey, are you going to ask me about the hood ornament? Are you going to ask me about this? I'm a very good policeman. I hope you know that. Cause oh, yeah. He's cause telling really him funny. he's telling them how they uh, they got some new leads on all those cases that looked unconnected and unsolvable and stuff. And this is OK. Then then we cut back to the kids and they're getting ready to invade the house on Stony Brook Road. Shadowbrook. 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 Yeah, Shadowbrook. I kept on calling it Stony Brook didn't i well you know uh then eugene has a twinkie but the dog fucks it up and eugene drops it in the water and he's trying to grab it and the creature comes up and grabs it and then he runs back to runs back to sean he's like sean sean creature stole my twinkie that's one of the few scenes i really don't care for because the creature should have fucking done something like chased him or something but he doesn't like Eugene just stands there in shock and horror until the creature goes back underwater and then he runs off product placement. It's the power of the Twinkie keeping the monster away. I get that, but (laughs) still you could have had him at least lunge at Eugene and had Eugene run off and then, you know, have him not leave the water or something that at least would have made sense. Yeah. I don't know. You're thinking too hard about that irritated me. Even the first time I watched it, you're thinking too hard. That's dumb. It is dumb. (laughs) This whole thing is fucking dumb. <laughs> Especially this scene. This scene gets kind of gets kind of this. This scene's pretty funny. Um, so the kids are at Dracula's place on on Shadowbrook Road. Frankenstein's like, you know, Master wants you guys dead, uh, and he doesn't want to because he's a he's a good guy. Um, and then of course, Fat Kid is like, hey, uh, maybe we can be like Math Squad instead and do math problems and stuff. Maybe we can be Nature Squad. You know, look at rocks, collect birds. Which I don't. I I heard <laughs> that he was supposed to say it the other way: collect rocks and look at birds. But he fucked it up and they were like, that's staying in. And it works. It's it's really funny. (laughs) And he's like, it's that dying part that I don't like. Yeah. Fat Kid is officially in fat kid territory at this point like he is playing the fat kid from every movie in this scene specifically but he's so funny i really like that he I, is. I, I like him i like him a lot i like him too but you know like he is a full-on stereotype in this scene in this scene in particular like he is in the rest of the movie too but this scene is the most you know like off-brand chunk scene of the entire movie and then some sad stuff happens they make it into the house and frank of course oh uh, dracula is trying to he's he's trying to blow up the wall where the amulet is he actually did end up finding the amulet in that house by the way and he has one of those one of those push dynamite blowery upper things uh with with the plunger that yeah. sets it off which by the way is located six feet away from the dynamite yeah it's probably i only noticed idea. that on this watching <laughs> so when when frankenstein walks in the house behind the kids the floor creaks really hard and the plunger goes down by itself i think the idea is it went down with dracula's psychic power i'm thinking because it's been sitting there by itself the whole time but frankenstein gets crushed when everything blows up the like the house falls on him and i said sean's kind of heartless because they're all like oh we gotta we gotta rescue frankenstein he's like hey we got we got shit to do (laughs) i mean he does say you know he died to help us he died trying to help us so you know let's make his sacrifice worthwhile right on the heels of that the wolfman shows up and he's trying to 
kill the kids because he can't control himself because he's a fucking werewolf right now. And then he's after Fat Kid, and Sean's like, kick him in the nards. He's like, Wolfman doesn't have nards. And sure do enough, it. Do just, it. Just do it. Then he kicks him in the nards, and then everything stops for a second. The Wolfman's got nards. No, no. He doesn't say the. He just says, Wolf Wolfman's man's got, got nards. nards. Yeah. I wrote down also that this house is super scary looking, and I think we need a Monster Squad themed haunted house. That would be cool. Oh, and when they're trying to escape, oh, Dracula's there now too, by the way, trying to get him. Sean's like feeling around for stuff, and they're like, what the hell are you doing? Let's get out of here. And he's like, dude, haven't you ever seen the Hardy Boys or read the Hardy Boys or whatever? There's always like a lever you can pull or something. And then they grab Teddy Roosevelt's <laughs> hand and then they fall into the fucking into the dungeon place. That's pretty good. I, I like that because it's the only way you could get the characters to do that and not have it be absolutely ridiculous. There's also a Hardy Boys reference in the Goonies. It's pretty much it's like the same thing. It's really funny. Yep. But then Sean does find the amulet and he actually gets his hands on it. And just as Dracula is about to get him, Fat Kid pulls out his trusty midnight snack of pizza and puts it on dracula's face and of course pizza has garlic in it and that fucks dracula up real good yeah uh they decided to take a radically different tack on garlic than the lost boys did what happens in the lost boys in the lost boys they have a whole thing about how garlic don't work oh and then Corey feldman says how about holy water death breath (laughs) i was gonna watch that with lydia the other day and it's not on hbo anymore you don't own it i don't that's one you should own. I know. I need it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I'm going to say you need to you need to rectify that situation. I thought that was a perfect movie for us to watch when mom and Bonnie were at gymnastics. Then we ended up watching Evil Dead 2, but then we stopped with 20 minutes left because she said it was too scary. It's pretty intense. I'm not I'm, I'm not going to lie. That That's pretty intense for a little kid. Well, yeah, I thought that, I, I thought that was going to be the one where she's like, oh, yeah, this is cool. But she just wasn't feeling it, I guess. It is cool, but it, it's a lot for a little kid. You know, I remember when I saw it when I was 19 years old or something and it was intense. I I saw that when I was in high school. Now, granted, Lydia's seen a lot more horror movies than I have than I had at 19. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah <laughs> I don't she's... know. But you know, what really pisses me off is that there's not a sweet ass boutique edition of Lost Boys. I really want that. I want a really nice. I'm honestly, I think Criterion should do the Lost Boys. Yeah, but right. that's just me. Right after they do the Ninja Turtles. I think that's valid. You know, we've had <laughs> we've had that discussion yeah, before. Have. I think Ninja Turtles is valid as a Criterion movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even joking like uh, they should. And Lost Boys yeah. too. Lost Boys deserves it. Like I kind of thought you were joking at first, but then you were like, "No, no, you know this is like highest highest grossing independent movie of all time." And I was like, "Well, yeah." Until I mean, the Blair Witch Project came out, and yeah, fucked it all up. Obviously, goddamn Blair Witch Project. It's a good movie, fuckers. You made a good movie <laughs> with a great fucking marketing strategy, and you won. Okay. <laughs> And also it costs like $20 to make. So you're fucking, you're making money no matter how much money that movie pulls in. Yeah. I can't believe how good that movie is for the budget being that low budget. It shouldn't be that good. It's even better when you dive into like the fan theories about it. Oh yeah. No, I, I was around for it. I was there for the marketing campaign. I was online at the time, you know, I was following the marketing and everything. It was a fantastic marketing, like, and it could only have ever been done at that exact moment in history. Oh, it's it's do- yeah, that would never happen in a million years now. Yeah, like they like J.J. Abrams tried a similar thing with the Cloverfield. And there is a lot of really interesting stuff in the website of the Cloverfield marketing, even up through the most recent Cloverfield movies. But it's just never going to be as successful as that, because while the Cloverfield stuff is interesting, 
the Blair Witch Project stuff actually fully permeated the culture. Like people were, everybody was talking about it for a minute. You know, oh, we all thought it was real as kids. I thought it was yeah. real when I went in. I was like, "Is this real? Is this not real?" I didn't know. You know, by the end, I realized, okay, obviously it's not real. You know, but yeah, like I genuinely didn't know when I walked into that theater. I had I had heard conflicting stories, and I was I was undecided as to what I believed. Well, there's one there's one fan theory that suggests that the two guys guys were actually in it together to murder that girl and the the Blair Witch shit is just like their excuse to get her out there oh interesting yeah that 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 kind of fan theory shit like the the speculation that came much later yeah I I have not dug into any of that that and that makes it way more interesting to me like it's already a cool movie but when you add that kind of shit to it ghosts don't scare me because I don't believe in them but like people doing (laughs) that kind of shit that's terrifying see ghosts do scare me because I do believe in them we got a car chase scene coming up everybody he's on the road now the whole team's back together the dad and the partner guy are also together they're going to answer that call of the wolf man telling that telling dell that his kid's gonna fucking get killed at reckless speeds yes everybody's driving super fast well they got him man it's 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 gonna happen at midnight i mean the dad doesn't know that but like how fucking big is this town this this town can't be that big they have two detectives handling every case i don't know how big is the universal backlot where i'm thinking they shot that ending part <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it definitely has universal backlot written all over it. Or well, wait a minute. Let's see. This is a this is not a universal picture. It's this is a not. tri-star picture. I do I know that, but they did let Tell me that doesn't look like Cuz there's no way Universal let him go anywhere near this because Universal stopped him from using the creature from the Black Lagoon. You know what? They couldn't they couldn't stop that. him from using Dracula cuz that's public domain and and so's the mummy and the wolfman, but they could stop because the creature from the Black Lagoon is from like 1960. All right. Anyways, it looks like the universal backlot i don't know if it is or not so the car chase is not really a car chase it's more like all the kids getting together did we miss something i think we missed something oh no, the car the car chase is when they um i don't remember what precipitates it but oh that's I right do. they're they're leaving the ho- house on shadowbrook road and scary german guy pulls up with phoebe and they all jump into the they all jump into his car yeah, and, and then- rudy and patrick and his sister are there but guess what we forgot to talk about what the part where where rudy Rudy and Patrick ask her if she's a virgin. I jumped right over that in my notes and we totally, oh, oh my God, we need to, That's we need right. to circle back. So by the time the car chase and the mummy thing happens, they're all together again. So we need to circle back a really quick. Right after Ha Creature Stole My Twinkie, we cut to Rudy and Patrick and Patrick's sister in the treehouse, and Patrick is trying to figure out if his sister is a virgin and it's fucking weird and creepy, but it's also super funny. Patrick is like, <laughs> Pat- we're, we're trying to figure out, are you a... <laughs> he's doing the the loser sneeze but like trying to get the word virgin yeah out. <laughs> you do realize that she has to understand what you're saying in order for actual communication to happen here patrick right and then, and then it doesn't work and then rudy he's like so have you at any point in time been dorked <laughs> <laughs> and that is when she's like i'm getting out of here and he whips out this photo by the way uh, during the during the montage we get his second spit take when he's looking at the pictures that he had developed at fox pictures or whatever and it turns out uh frank's inadvertent photo of patrick's sister is in there yes and he's like oh i have this and i'm gonna put it in the perfect place between the prom committee notes and the football roster so they're blackmailing her into being their being their sacrificial virgin yeah so this is another one of those moments where i'm like listen kids um don't this don't (laughs) 
this is not right under any circumstances do not do this um, unless there are real monsters and you have to do it to save the world obviously the mummy is on the car god damn it yeah so we're cutting back to the car chase <laughs> yes so the mummy shows up and he like is actually on the car while they're driving yeah like as they're driving away the mummy pops out in the road in front of him and they <laughs> swerve around him but the mummy reaches out and grabs on and, and now he's like trying to get him in the back of this truck the open bed of this truck where all these kids are sitting because it's the 80s and that's how we drive yeah they need it's almost midnight they gotta get they gotta get shit done so he's reaching <laughs> for phoebe the best monster kill of the movie happens. yes it's patrick or fat kid one of them and rudy goes hey get a piece of his bandage and he's like no no i don't want to he's like don't be a wuss and then he's like okay it's patrick and then rudy had stolen a bow and arrow during the montage and he takes the bandage wraps it around the arrow and shoots it to a tree and then slowly very slowly <laughs> the mummy just unravels and it's, it's well pretty it's cool. pretty rapid but i mean there's a lot of tape and they yeah. they do That's a awesome. really great job of it just ripping loose in that circular motion of the the leg just unspooling and as it does all of the mummy dust just falling out and becoming dust and <laughs> it's then, a really great scene and then rudy gets a gets a good one-liner no he doesn't it's a terrible one-liner he says see you later band-aid breath and the cops drive right through dracula's hearse because that's a thing serious shit's about to go down because this is where this is where it gets even darker now back at home at sean's house dracula shows up with dynamite to blow up the treehouse so he feels he thinks he's murdered the children i think he needs to be a little bit more attentive and actually figure out where they are before he just randomly gets into property damage i think dracula is just like this is a fuck you to them he he thinks they're in there he's he says something like you know good riddance or you're you're dead or something yeah something i don't remember what his one-liner is but he throws one out as he walks away and it explodes behind him because remember cool guys don't look at explosions no no they never do dad and the partner show up and he gets out of the car and he's like you know stop fucking oh and the mom hears the explosion and she comes outside and she's just as he well no he doesn't turn into a bat yet hang on yeah dad shoots him twice he shoots him and then dracula lights a stick of dynamite and rolls it under the car that the partner is still in that is one powerful fucking stick of dynamite the whole car blows up well i mean the gas tank's down there too you know so i feel like it wouldn't be that big of an explosion though it probably wouldn't but he would have been maimed <laughs> it's not hollywood killed. so that's when the dad starts shooting at dracula not hitting him at all and then oh no, no he hits him it's just you know it doesn't do doesn't anything matter. this is dracula man he can't hurt him with bullets and just as he is about to turn into just no, it's see, as he turns into a bat yeah as he's mom turning into up. a bat mom walks out and she's so so now everybody's in on it everybody knows yeah i said dad shows up just in time to get his partner killed essentially yep and he searches dad searches the house and he and for the kids he's like are they here are they here they he grabs the radio and he gets in touch with sean and sean's like dad we're at the town square hurry the hell up and get down here and we cut to the town square because they decided that they need to go to a church because monsters hate religious stuff you know they really should have set up that radio thing earlier in the movie yeah there wasn't a whole lot of walkie-talkie walkie-talkie in in this is it was there yeah like i accepted it as a nine-year-old but this time i was like at no point did they show like sean and his dad on that radio together why is there any indication that this is plausible i just bought the whole thing yeah I'm i think okay this is it. part of that 10 minutes that got cut oh yeah maybe you're right you're right so the church is closed and somebody's kicking it i'm not sure who it is but it's sean i think says don't kick the church it's religious probably Probably Rudy. (laughs) 
<laughs> he's a badass. No, that's right. It is Rudy because he's in the back of the group oh. at that point when what happens next happens. Yes. Yeah, so they're they're trying to they're trying to get their shit together, and those three vampire girl, well, the three now vampire girls that Dracula was feeding on come, and they're like, "Oh shit!" And then Rudy just breaks through the crowd, and he starts walking towards them, and they're like, "Where are you going? What are you doing?" He's like, "This is awesome. He's a badass. He's officially a badass." He's like, "I'm in the goddamn club, aren't I?" With a cigarette dangling from his lip too like in a in a i don't give a fuck way it's, it's so cool it's so badass so as pres- a kid yeah as a kid it's still a bad as an adult you're like jesus christ <laughs> you, you i still kind of want to be him because that line was cool <laughs> and then he and then he goes and takes them out and that's when the the german guy is translating the spell that they need to use to open the limb the head the, the portal to limbo and oh there's not a- tra- he's not translating no it. he's, he's dictating re- yeah. it to her there was also a line about earlier on hey my sister speaks german and fat kid's like no she doesn't she just hangs out and lets guys touch her tits good lord (laughs) forgot about that too oh the 80s and she's love kids movies from the (laughs) 80s don't you yes and she's like i'm not good at this uh i what he said uh so this isn't working very well She admits during the whole course of it that she is, in fact, failing German. Oh, yeah. She's failing German because she just hangs out and lets guys touch her tits. Well, that's the implication anyway. So dad shows up, I believe. Dracula can apparently be hurt while he's in bat form because the dad shoots him and he like it actually hits him and he flies into a window. Yeah, because the bat's coming for Sean, right? Yes. And the dad pulls up, you know, guns blazing through the window. Boom, boom, boom. And there he goes through the window into the fucking book repository. Yeah, whatever weird brick warehouse it is. Dad runs up the stairs and sees Dracula like laying there, like trying to turn back into a vampire. But he's like this creepy thing with the guy's face, sort of. Yeah. And it's really fucked up looking, but it looks awesome. It's very mid transformation. Yeah, it's pretty gross. But the Wolfman shows up just as the dad's like he lights a stick of dynamite. And this is the longest burning fucking fuse in history. <laughs> Sean goes up because he has to he he has to save his dad. Him and his dad are going to kick ass together. Some shit goes down, a little fight. Sean comes up behind the Wolfman and goes, "Hey asshole!" And then he turns around. He's like, "You looked!" And then he like shoves the dynamite in his belt and fucking pushes. No, him he out hits the him with a baseball oh, bat. That's right. Then shoves the dynamite in his pants. Then kicks him out the window. <laughs> or no, his dad k- jumps up and kicks him out the window. Right. And then he fucking blows up. Pay off. Pay off to that joke earlier about him falling out out of a window onto a onto like a bomb. It doesn't kill him. It does not kill him because, you know, but Dracula escapes and eventually we will see the Wolfman like put himself back together and it's pretty cool all of his little body parts jiggling and stuff. Yeah, that's the that's the scene where I was like mm, this might have gone R. <laughs> then we cut to the sister and she just finishes the spell and Limbo doesn't open. And then Patrick looks at her and goes, "You're not a virgin, are you?" And then she shakes her head and she's like well there was this guy but he doesn't count (laughs) yeah no she's like well basically he says basically what (laughs) well there was stevie but he doesn't count right oh my god yeah it's all unraveling it's all unraveling um (laughs) then we get to see rudy kind of be a badass again because he was also making silver bullets by the way during during the montage he has the he has the most to do in the montage yeah that's true all patrick does is make cards rudy fucking handles business in this in the montage and the final fight yeah a little bit huh uh the wolfman shows up and a bunch of cops pop up as well and he the wolfman kind of fucks him up rudy comes across a, a gun that had fallen onto the ground he empties out all the bullets puts the silver bullet in shoots the wolf 
Wolfman, and as the Wolfman's dying, oh, but before he does that, a little onomatopoeia for you, he aims the gun at the Wolfman and goes bang, and then he shoots him, like, okay. <laughs> but the Wolfman thanks him for ending his life because it was too much. Yeah, that <sighs> fucked with me as a kid. I was like, that's heavy. That is, it was too heavy for me, man. I was nine years old. Again, this is the last few minutes of the movie and there's so much shit happens, but I'm going to dwell here for just a second. So the sister, the older sister is not a virgin, so it's not going to work. And they're like, we need to find a virgin. And I'm like, okay, all you boys are virgins. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Are they crushing that much pussy that none of them could have done it? And then Patrick looks over at Phoebe and goes, she's a virgin. And I'm like, I fucking hope so (laughs) so i looked over at rachel and i'm like wouldn't it be fucked up if there was a dark ending and she read the spell but the portal didn't open oh my god that is fucked up because my mind has to go to those places and i don't know why (laughs) and then the world fucking ends because because dad's a creep the director's cut Anyways, Phoebe is in fact a virgin. Yes. She is reading the spell now. Well, Phoebe's a little badass. Yeah, man. she's fucking awesome. The German guy is dictating the spell to her as well. Dracula's there and he's like walking towards her. T-1000 style. No fucking, no expression. He's just walking and all these cops start coming up and, and attacking him and he's just fucking him up without, he doesn't even stop him walking. He doesn't even glance their direction. He just, he's just one handed killing them <laughs> left and right as they come at him. Yeah, one guy, his hat pops off and apparently a bunch of people used to think that the guy's head falls off oh really yeah no. it, come on the first time it's, i watched it it's I'm a like, kid's movie yeah the first time i watched it, i'm like whoa fuck oh wait no it's just his hat it's cool <laughs> <laughs> he grabs phoebe like he puts his hand on her face and like it seems like it's a gentle lift but he's got her by the face and he says give me the amulet you bitch like good lord this kid is like five years old god this poor kid probably walked away traumatized oh my god uh but luckily frank is still alive and he comes and he fucking saves her ass he throws dracula on the like on top of the church like on the steeple uh no it's i think it's what it is is there's like a little porch there and at the top of the little roof that comes out for the porch right at the peak of that you know like mini roof is a is a metal cross that uh frankenstein embeds dracula on and and you can see him like his skin is smoking from touching it as it's like sticking through his chest and i always forget i'm like it's a fence and then they pull him off of the thing like it's not a fucking fence i always do that because i'm always like (laughs) i did the exact same thing this time they put spawn on a fence really that's my reasoning yeah Uh, i i don't remember that well it's been a long time since i saw spawn violator put spawn on the fence yeah it's been a very long time (laughs) hey guys go watch spawn that movie's awesome in in the same way that this movie's awesome kind of speaking of which i saw a michael jai white movie i mean it's not a michael jai white movie you know like he's not the star he's like a secondary character in it but i saw a movie with michael jai white and he has got he has had a lot of plastic surgery probably he's still a badass though yeah no he i he's he's great like he was really good in it and everything but i was like yeah maybe dial it back on that plastic surgery there oh <laughs> uh, no he's he's cool he's he's kind of awesome i prefer scott adkins i think he's a better actor who's scott adkins he's the white version of michael jai white we've had this conversation before he was he's in those movie those ninja movies and he was in oh that. oh the uh the american ninja guy no that's michael dudikoff okay who are we talking about he then? was in movies literally titled ninja and ninja 
Ninja 2. But not Ninja 3, The Domination? No, those movies have nothing to do with that movie. I know. Like, literally, he's, he's like, fought Jackie Chan a bunch of times, and he, well, at least oh. once in The Medallion. Avengement was really good. Yeah, The Medallion's a piece of shit, but yeah, I was that, like, that fight scene should be pretty cool, because Jackie Chan and um this motherfucker, yeah, I'm, I'm in. Okay, we're we're way off track. <laughs> let's um, work. Anyways. Come on, we're at the climax. Let's let's not coitus interrupt us here. I'm climaxing right now. Yeah, well, I'm right on the edge, so take me over the line. Phoebe does finish the spell, and Limbo opens right the fuck up. The old man, the scary German guy, throws the amulet in the air. I don't know how he knew how to do that, even though he, I guess, he does say it is written in detail of what to do when. Yeah, shit goes so he down. he knew what was going on. If it's plausible for anybody to know what's about to happen, he's well, the one. Limbo starts kind of sucking everything in. It's one of those things. It's like the portal from Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it is It is the portal from Evil Dead. <laughs> Sean gets Which grabbed. came out this same year, by the way. Oh, it did. It did, actually. You're right. Well, uh, Evil Dead 2, excuse Evil me. Dead 2. But that's the one with the portal, so. Dracula gets a hold of Sean as he's being, like, sucked into the fucking limbo. And then Sean, as they're being kind of sucked in together, which sounds kind of gross. I apologize for the wording on that one. <laughs> Sean finds a stake on the ground and stabs Dracula in the heart. And then Van Helsing pops up out of limbo, grabs Dracula and drags him inside. While giving Sean a thumbs up. So he's just been like waiting there. Yeah, like... (laughs) Not just waiting, <laughs> but like eagerly waiting because he had to fight his way up out of that whirlwind. Like that's determination. That's Monster Squad 2 limbo. Van Helsing is a driven fella. But you know, the sad part, Frankenstein goes too. Why does Frankenstein go? Frankenstein goes because technically his alignment is evil. Also, the void clearly doesn't discriminate because it sucked that poor German girl in. Well, that's true. But she was a virgin. So that's I, do, I don't maybe she was. I don't she know. opened the void. She must have been. Yeah. Well, she opened her void too much <laughs> setup and payoff Ooh. Um, all right so it, it's really sad and phoebe has to say goodbye to frankenstein and she throws him scraps which is her stuffed animal he's like bye and it's all sad and sad super Again, sad i shed i shed real human tears <laughs> you gotta that, that that part's a little rough and she sells it so fucking well how she wasn't in more stuff kind of blows my yeah, mind yeah <laughs> it is weird isn't it but then mom and dad show up and they're hugging phoebe and this is the only time we get any kind of like reconciliation but there isn't any really they just kind of exist near each other now the parents yeah so I'm like, i mean you know it's like it's one of those all right we're gonna put our problems on hold because the problems with our kids are too important important at the moment but but don't worry the divorce is on the on the table it's it's on its way monster squad 2 is post-divorce it's a courtroom drama (laughs) hey the army shows up too little too fucking late fuck the army in this movie. and this guy this guy he looks like a fucking general out of a goddamn john wayne movie got the cigar and the mustache and he's like all right which one of you is eugene and he's like mummy came in my house no he's he's i think he says i'm eugene and then he's like where are the monsters son and it's like mummy came in my house and he's like what the fuck is going on here well what did you expect when you answered a letter written in crayons sir yeah. and then he's like who can tell me what's going on here and then sean's like oh we can sir and he's like yeah who are you and he pulls one of those cards out that patrick made he's like and this is this is the only reason for those cards to have ever been made because that as i was watching i was like why the fuck is he making business cards (laughs) they've got to kill a vampire tonight aren't there higher priorities right now and then we get the cool line we get the we're the monster squad along with you know the group that awesome group shot and then i wrote then the worst song ever played us (laughs) into the credits (laughs) 
it's fucking terrible and he's just rapping the plot of the movie and okay so this is the part of the movie that i think bugs me the most everybody's happy and they're all bouncing around and jumping but a man died and a little girl just lost her best friend yeah yeah that was uh you know what that's that's several an 80s men action died. movie several people fucking died those cops are totally dead dozens of cops were murdered tonight and how probably are- the city's entire police force <laughs> so that's monster squad and i knew this one was going to be kind of long because this movie's so fucking good and it's so fun to talk about i love this goddamn movie also because we don't know how to do anything short anymore why would we nobody listens this is this is entirely for us at this point that's true it is i enjoy talking about these movies that i love so much so do i i was telling my daughter this week i was was, you know she was like dad you need to you need to join a book club or something you need to get together with like-minded people and talk just for your mental health i'm like well i got my podcast and that's kind of the whole point of it because no one's listening When when is she going to be on the show? What movie do we have to talk about? Oh, probably something with Timothy Chalamet. Good Lord. We're going to do like Call Me By Your Name and I'm just going to make fun of Army Hammer for being a creep the whole time. (laughs) She actually is the reason that Call Me By Your Name is in my digital collection. We could do the Dune remake and she can be on. There you go. What are your final thoughts on the Monster Squad? Certain elements of it haven't aged well, but it's just so fucking fun, man. Like, I can't deny this movie. Like, just be aware that it's a product of its time for good and bad. Yeah, the homophobic slurs will get you. It's if you can kind of separate yourself from that. It's a really well-written, fun, dumb kid movie with a lot of weird, violent stuff. (laughs) It's sort of confusing, especially if you've only like been exposed to 21st century PG-13 movies. Yeah, it's um, the PG-13-ness of it is probably a little jarring. And it's one of my favorite movies to watch at Halloween time. I watch it at least once a year. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah, it you really got it. Is. It's fun. The Goonies is better. But if you're sick of fucking watching The Goonies, here you go. This is a perfect companion piece to that movie. Yeah, this will totally scratch that itch. And it, and it works. I wouldn't mind. You know what? I would mind a remake. The only reason I would mind a remake is because everything would be CGI and it'd be really weird and it wouldn't be very good. Like, I don't, yeah, that I don't would care probably... if they, yeah, I don't care if they want to. They can do it. But I, I and I'll watch it just to just to bitch about it. I. I may or may not watch it'll de- if they do a remake of it it'll depend on who's helming the thing and you know who they get for it and most of all it'll depend on whether or not it looks like they did a good job with the production design yeah so because that's... the production design on this movie is so strong like and, they really yeah. knew what they wanted to make i could see netflix like doing a tv doing like a series or something yeah be kind of interesting i, I, I could don't see that would, i don't think it would work but that was just a, a thought i had but that was monster squad and it's good you know go watch this movie go watch go watch the documentary wolfman's got nards and i think mvd would be the perfect home for this movie oh absolutely yeah mvd would put out a great release of this mvd make it happen pieces of shit there was a limited edition blu-ray release a little while ago but i missed out on that i know i have i have the dvd that i got at a pawn shop or at hastings or something years ago yeah i've got the dvd but my dvd is packed away so yesterday i kind of did the math i was like well how much would it cost in gas to drive out to my parents' house and get it? Because they live, you know, 40 miles outside of town. Oh, geez. And then I was like, actually, it's just cheaper to buy a digital copy. It's only $8 right now. I was going to say, yeah, you might as well. It's not like so, it's, yeah. it's not like it's a movie you'll never watch again. Yeah, I just bought the digital copy. And, you know, it's it's nice because it's it's in high def and my DVD isn't. So Oh, yeah, it's convenient. It's, it's nice. So that's it, man. We'll be back next week. We're doing fucking Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. And 
another fucking underrated movie that needs a lot more attention. Yes, uh, much like It Comes at Night, this is this is the movie we're doing this year that you absolutely need to get out and support. It has a good Scream Factory release that may or may not still be in stock. I don't know. I have no idea about that, but uh, I fucking love this movie. I The very first time I saw it, I was like, this is now one of my favorite movies. I know. I was hooked. So we're going to talk about that next week. How about some social media nonsense? You can follow us on everything at the Shark Pod. Occasionally, we actually post shit. That happens sometimes. Not often. Uh, but more importantly, you can do the Patreon thing where we are in the middle of our 2021, the 13th. I say the middle. We're at the, we're at the end. We're on the last couple months here. We're closing into the final quarter here. We're, we're officially in the final quarter. This month, it's fucking Jason X. Next month, fucking Freddy versus Jason. And then after that, that piece of shit remake that I'm going to shit all over the whole time and you're going to disagree with me about fucking everything. But it's okay. I don't know. Who, who knows? You know, the last time I watched it, I had not watched all of the movies in like 20 years. So, oh, so yeah, you maybe this feeling. will change my opinion on it. Maybe I'm going to come into it this time and be like, you know what? I actually don't like this that much. I don't know. We're going to have to see. And you're going to have to subscribe to our Patreon to find out at patreon.com slash sharks across hollywood any amount of money you feel like giving us is good but you know go for like 10 15 20 30 40 like a thousand dollars every month yeah if you subscribe at the one thousand dollar level again i am willing to make you a personalized outgoing voicemail message and you want him to do it because my voice is garbage yep total trash Uh, exactly i don't know i don't know why i'm still doing this oh shit now we got to get total trash records to sponsor us or i just plugged them for no remuneration well now i'm gonna now I have something else to Google. All right. So, hey, we'll be back next week with Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. But until then, stay jawsome.